you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, April 27th, also known as Draft Day for 2023. NFL Draft is tonight. It should be fantastic. I know I can't wait. Uh, We've been waiting. We've been talking about it for weeks upon weeks now, and it is finally here. Uh, It'll be a good one for every NFL fan out there. Uh, And it's going to be a fantastic show, definitely NFL loaded, because we have had a ton of news throughout this last week. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, officially, Yeah. um, and it's just packed. So the rundown for this show, we're going to start off like normal. Tim's rant with Zach Wilson and Will Levis, Uh, then we're going to get into hits and misses to close out the first segment. In the second segment, we will have the AFC quarterback rankings kind of going through because it's interesting. I am pretty sure that the top seven quarterbacks in the league all find themselves in the AFC. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. I mean, out of ten in the t- in the entire league, are nine AFC quarterbacks? Is Jalen Hurts the only one you'd put? Jalen Hurts is the only one I would like really, really think about. I think so. I think Jones is only a top 10 guy there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to close the second segment, though, we will have the news. And then in the third segment, a discussion on Aaron Rodgers on the trade. Who won the trade? I know some picks went back and forth as well. We will discuss all of that. But, guys, thanks for watching today. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Prime Video, as well as listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So, however you got here, we appreciate it. And let's go. We got a good show. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, NFL draft tonight. Obviously, what it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Um, doesn't matter. I, I don't watch a ton. I feel like I watch more like coverage and streams, kind of, uh, to stay a little more updated. I don't watch the actual broadcast uh, just because I think it's cheesy. I think it's stupid. Everybody says the same thing about the same player. It's blah 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 blah. You know, a bunch of stories about childhoods. That's great. That's great and all. But I, I to be quite frank, I don't really care. Uh, but anyway, so I don't remember. I don't know if any of you guys remember or even uh, even a fan of the show in the 2021 NFL Draft. For you, those of you who don't know, that's a Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones draft. I was a huge supporter of Trevor Lawrence. I know that's not like a hot take. I wasn't like a minority in that, right? He was a freak of nature, you know, won, won the national championship, all that, right? But about a week before the draft, I was the minority because a wave and a flood of Zach Wilson love started pouring into you. I don't know if you remember this. Everyone saw, everyone kind of saw Zach, Zach Wilson, talented, little slight, kind of reckless, but he's a, he's a clear number two, maybe a three in the draft. Like, he's got some talent there. Then about a week before the draft, there was chatter that Zach Wilson could go number one. He's the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, Trevor's tall, but have you seen Zach off-platform? That was always the thing. Have you seen Zach throw sidearm? That's very, it's very Mahomes-esque. And I said, what an absolute fool you would have to be to take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. You'd have to be, I, I, to be quite honest, an idiot. You'd have to be stupid. He's not even close to the prospect of Trevor Lawrence, and now he's not even close to the player that Lawrence is. I get, you know, I, I get the hype, you know, about talent can be a little bit overrated. Right? Zach Wilson can throw off platform, you know, off schedule, right? No wrong, he's reckless, and he's inaccurate, and... Same thing with Will Levis. 
right? Well, Will Levis, he's, he's got he's got a big arm and he can move and and when he throws the ball really far, it's it's really cool. Okay, well he's still not super accurate. Still makes kind of weird decisions. Still loses a game to Vanderbilt throwing under a hundred yards. For those of you who don't know, Vanderbilt sucks at football generally. Well, they had a good year, but those are the those are the games we win. Those are the games we throw two hundred plus two touchdowns. Now, I'll tell you right now, I disagree with anything saying that Will Levis will go one or even two. I think there's a very real possibility that he's not even a top 10 pick. Now, here what, here's what will happen, though. right? Because he's big, he's got talent, he's a smart guy. Some team will draft him higher than they probably should and they probably like to. Like a Houston, like an Indianapolis, like a trade-up candidate for Tennessee. right? Be careful on that. I said, you know, okay, bo- bo- both, both played with minimal talent around them, right? Coming up from two non-traditional power, you know, power non-power teams, right? BYU, Kentucky in the SEC. It's a basketball school in the SEC. Levis, it's weird. It's weird. Look at the stats. Levis at UK had 24 starts. Completed, what, 66% of his throws? Not bad. 218 a game. Roughly 2-1 to touchdown interception ratio. Let's look at Zach Wilson. 30 starts, so slightly more starts. Actually completes a higher percentage of his passes. This one from college. 68%, 68%, 255 yards a game, 4-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. Interesting. Also, now, let's be clear, I think Will Levis carries the weight better. And you might think, Zach is really small, and Will's this big, strong dude. Eh, they're both about 6'3". Will's about 225, Zach's about 215. Not that much different. It's not that much different if you actually look at it. So it's not it's like, oh, Will is, Will is here, right, S- specimen. And Zach Wilson's this really small Johnny Manziel-looking guy. Uh, Will Levis is closer to Zach Wilson than you'd think. Much, much closer. I'm not saying the situations are identical, but there's, there's a ton of similarities. I always find myself coming back to one thing, though. We seem to build around the spectacular, when in reality, we should look at what separates players, right? It's not always the wow. Right? Yeah, Mahomes can do the great things. But in reality, he had under 200 yards passing in the Super Bowl. Under 200. Jalen had, what, 400? Yeah, they lost. Right? It's about what you do consistently. He went 12 of 13 in the second half. The only throw that he missed was a throwaway. It was a throwaway. How about Joe Burrow? He's probably a close second in a lot of people's eyes, including myself. Doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the biggest guy. Doesn't run the fastest. Super bright upstairs, really consistent, super steady, one of the best third-down quarterbacks in football. I know, I know, Josh Allen. Yeah, I, but he's not more talented now than he was his rookie year. That wasn't the development. It's not like he was, oh, super raw and then popped talent-wise. No, the only thing that changed from his rookie year to now is his consistency, his accuracy. It's kind of how it goes. The boring things. The, the Not throwing sidearm across your body. Right? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Will Levis can develop into a Josh Allen type. But I think we should start planning around the majority and not the minority like a Josh Allen was. It doesn't make a ton of sense. You start to stack up the two college careers, there's a ton of similarities here between Zach Wilson and Will Levis. Well, the thing also that, that really sticks out to me is the hype around both of their pro days. And, and I yeah. think that's really when you saw the draft stock for Zach Wilson get pumped way higher than it ever should have been. Yeah. And... You kind of saw the same thing with Will Levis. Now, 
was I impressed by by Zach Wilson's arm? Of course. Of course. Those throws are not easy to make. No. Those are top 1% type arms for sure. But like you said, there's so many other factors that go into it. And then you look at Will Levis's pro day. Yeah, he was airing it out 65 yards yeah. easily. And it looked effortless. Yeah. But that doesn't account for the small the, things, the 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 quarterbackial things, if you will. Tom Brady never had the strongest arm. He was being outthrown by high school prospects, high school prospects when really? he was going oh, into the league. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have the biggest arm, but he had it all upstairs. He was cerebral. He made the right adjustments at the line. He knew how to read a defense. I'm not saying that Will Levis doesn't, but but it's more than just do you have the best arm or yeah, the big. A hundred percent. 100% it is. And also, if we can just talk on Zach Wilson for a little bit here, just to kind of not move away from it, but something else related to Zach Wilson. I've seen this clip all over the place since Aaron Rodgers. Oh, saying he's going to make the life hell? Oh, it, it, yeah, the reporter asked him, what are you going to do if, uh, if the Jets sign veteran X and he comes in, uh, you know, and... He's around March, uh, yeah, and he's going to compete for for the starting job. Oh, I'm going to make that guy's life hell in practice every single day. <laughs> really, with it, you're going to make Aaron Rodgers' life hell in practice every single day? I don't know. We'll see. That's a perfect segue to hit number one here. Let's go hits and misses. I mean, we said we said the Aaron trade would get done, right? I know people, uh, you know, when the when the news first broke, well, it's not official yet, and we said no, it's going to get done. It's just a matter of you know, yeah. are they going to give up a second next year? Is it a third or what? You know, whatever. You know, that wasn't the concern. It was just, uh, you know, when and what's the compensation. Well, now we know what. So they, they swap picks, um, and the the Packers get a conditional second next year. If Aaron plays 65% of the snaps this year, they get a second-round pick next year. Um, the Packers do. What else do the Packers get? They get, like, a fifth and, like, a sixth or something like yeah. that. So it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, not, no. it's not too bad. I'm ex- I'm interested to see what happens now, uh, though. We're going we're gonna to talk more about it in the third segment. We'll kind of dive deep into the trade how it looks for both sides but again we said the trade would get done it finally gets done good let's move it along i mean my big thing is like i was listening to a few a few people talk and now they're they're saying maybe watch out for green bay to go take a receiver in the first round or a tight end because they never have while aaron was there and now almost like a little bit of a spite pick to get back at him um yeah the packers would you think so i i think Look, they're, they're, they're going would, would to we... do now. Now they're going to do anything they can to make sure that Jordan Love is successful. Well, now I need to think. I think I have Michael Mayer. I had Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, going to the Packers at 15. So now they'll actually be at 13, where I had the Jets taking Michael Mayer, the other tight end in the draft. So both teams taking a tight end. Jets first, Packers second at 13 and 15, but they switched. Now the Jets will be at 15. The Packers would be at 13, so they'd have a chance to go I get don't know. I, Kincaid or Mayer, whoever they, maybe whoever they deem Flowers. better. A Zay Flowers, I think they'd be, maybe, maybe. Who maybe. knows? All right, Miss Number One here. We thought that the Buckers would be scrappy, competitive, fun to watch, um, but I thought they were another at least year or two from being this good. I mean, they have a top five record in the league. They stand alone atop the NL Central as of now. Um, now, yeah, they dropped the first game to the Dodgers, but they'll be fine. Not the point. They are much better than I thought. And now I do think we need to tamper expectations a little, but I think they are much better than we thought. And we even thought they'd be good, but they are much better than we initially thought. Uh, yeah, and you were more you were more right on them than I was. I was I was super conservative on the Pirates. Uh, you know, I won't believe it until I see it. It's exciting to watch Pirate Baseball. For yep. the first time in a yep. long time, 
uh, and it feels good, but I am still like weary about it. They, I, I, I'm not sure what just, to trust. I just don't know. It's a young team. We know what what the long season can do to young teams. We've seen young pirate teams break down before. So, and we know what happens after the All Star break to the Pirates. It's bad. It's bad. Now we would need to go like 20 games under 500 as of right now to like be under 500. But I mean. They could find a way. The Pirates being competitive is fun, at least. I'll say that. It's very fun. All right, hit number two here. Another Pirate take, but from the other end, we are right on this end here. Uh, I've had to argue with people, which I didn't think that I would have to, that we should build around Brian Reynolds and not Andrew McCutcheon. And I love Kutch, but I've had people saying that we should take the money that we would pay to Brian Reynolds and give it to Kutch. They're they're completely different situations. Reynolds is entering his prime. Kutch is not even in it anymore. He's on the backside of his career. Uh, and he serves a role. He's still a very productive player, but let's be real. Brian Reynolds is the guy you build around for the next eight years. Finally, the contract's done. It's, uh, what, eight years, like 107-ish million dollars. Uh, Brian Reynolds is is the guy you build around. He's the big dog in the room. The contract finally gets done. Good. They have their centerpiece to build around. I like to compare it to, to like, a golf outing almost. So, like, you look at Brian Reynolds. He's on, like, hole four going into five. He's got a yeah. long time left. you got a long, a, a very very prosperous career in the headlights for Brian Reynolds. Now, Kutch is on, like, hole 17, 18. Yeah. Like, it's getting close to the end. He's got a year or two. I don't... You, you don't shell out money like that. No. To, to a guy that's on the back end of his career. Uh, but that's not a knock on Kutch. Kutch is... No, Kutch is serving his role. He has been utterly fantastic this year, not only for the locker room, but, uh, you know, production-wise as well. Yeah. He's just not an eight-year build-around guy. No. Miss number two, I thought the Rangers, since acquiring Patrick Kane, would basically lock up the East, but they're in a dogfight with uh, with another pretty good team in New Jersey. You know, they got the, the young guy, Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. He's the young guy. Um, I, look, they, they won the first two on the road. They come back home. They drop the next two. Um, Patrick Kane only has one goal. Now, I'll give, him, I'll give him credit. He has five assists, so he's been productive on that end of it. Uh, but scorer's got a score. He hasn't been scoring. And uh, I don't know. The Rangers have slowed down considerably. Uh, in the last couple games here. They have. And, and the NHL playoffs just are not the same without the Penguins in it. No. I, I do enjoy, like, seeing highlights of it, you know. Yeah. To still get some of the excitement. But I, I can't bring myself to, like, sit down and watch a full game of it right now. I think the excitement's uh, in the West this year. Yeah, the West has been good. The, the Kraken the are winning. Yeah. Yeah, the Oilers. That's a good series. I will say the uh, the Tampa Bay and Leafs, uh, Toronto yeah. Maple Leaf series has been great. They've been It's a very chippy series. They've yeah. been going back and forth a ton, so that's been a good Same series. Same with the Bruins well. and the Panthers. For, yeah. Or, yeah, the yeah. Bruins. Uh, definitely the West is more interesting, top to bottom, though. Uh, hit number three here. I said the Rooney selling Hines to, like, Acrisure Insurance or whatever was dumb. Um, but whatever, it's a name. It's just it's a business money's money. I kind of understood it. Um, but I said I'm calling it Hines. It's staying Hines. Well, well, well. They put the freaking bottles right back up on that stadium in their rightful spots above the uh, the video board there in the open end of the stadium. Smart move. I'm guessing they worked out some sort of partnership with Heinz to keep the bottles there and keep, you know, the name of Heinz somewhere around the stadium. You yeah. Know? So what it was was Heinz now signed the deal to keep the Heinz red zone. Okay. So there they're you keeping go. the Heinz red zone. Keeping the ketchup bottles. Which is good. 100%. Which is good. I feel uh, the world is right again. So to me, it's Heinz Field. It's Heinz Field. It's 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 Heinz Field. It's, 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 it's Ben Heinz Field. It's always gonna be gonna be Heinz Field. Field. Yeah, that's yeah. a given. All right, miss number three here. I think after the draft of uh, of 2020, 2021, like I was talking about earlier, that Trevor Lawrence would be the best. Zach Wilson would is my bust call. Uh, and then other than that, I think Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, wherever they end up is gonna mostly decide 
you know, how their career goes. So I thought Trey Lance to the Niners was going to be successful. Um, that didn't work out. They're probably going to move off him for Brock Purdy. He is, I think, being pretty openly shopped right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he'd be worth, maybe a fifth or a sixth. I can't see a team getting giving higher than a than a fifth, maybe a fourth. I just don't see that. A fourth would be a stretch. A stretch for me. I think the teams that would want to go get them could use all the draft capital that they need to, to rebuild their roster. So I just I don't I don't know what you do with Trey Lance. Um, but I thought if he would go to a good good program like the Niners, then it would be successful. He has not been successful. Uh, Brock Purdy's probably going to take over there. Yeah, you would think he would have been. Yeah. But like the Niners are also in this spot where everything else is right. They have a Super Bowl roster. Everything else in San Francisco is ready to win now. The coach. You're looking for the perfect guy at quarterback. Yeah, so is everybody else. So you got to be really, really picky. you got to be really picky. Can Trey Lance win you nine games? Sure. I think so. That's not where they're at right now. That's what they're looking for. To be fair, though, I think Brock can go win you 11 or 12. Like I think Brock's a very accurate, very on-time, poised deliverer of the football. Yeah, he is a gamer. I agree. It's a good word, gamer. Um, we're gaming, we're moving, we're rocking. Don't go anywhere. Second seven, we've got top 10 AFC quarterbacks for you. It's going to be shocking to see how many good quarterbacks are now in the AFC after the Aaron Rodgers move, so don't go anywhere. All right, here we go. Segment number two on a Thursday. NFL draft tonight. Um, I'll be watching. I know you guys will probably be watching as well. Uh, excited to see my boy Bryce Young go number one overall. From yep. there, it's a total freaking roll of the dice. Nobody knows. Um, but one thing we do know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. That news broke. What was that on Monday? Late Monday? That was late on Monday. Late on Monday. Uh, well, not like super late, you know, like like evening, evening time. Probably around 6 p.m. Eastern about, Standard Time, I would about say. About supper time, if you will. Supper. I hate that word. I hate that word. So if you're Who the calls it supper? I want to talk. Old people. Old people supper. call it supper. Supper. No, it's dinner. It's <laughs> dinner. It is dinner. Yeah. Nobody calls it supper. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, right? You get to about six, five or six, and you're like, okay, that makes sense, right? We're talking whole league here. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts in there. Jalen's probably six, and you're like, okay, all right, we got the six. Bit of a drop-off, but then you start going from there, and you're like, are the rest of them AFC guys? Like, there might be two to three NFC guys in the entire top 10. You could make an argument that nine of 10 of the top 10 quarterbacks are AFC guys. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I... I for shits and gigs, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see who the top 10 quarterbacks in just the AFC are. Because we did NFC, what, about two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yep. Uh, so now that Aaron is officially a Jet, let's do the top 10 AFC quarterbacks. Those of you, For those of you who are new here, we start at 10 and go to one on our list. So number 10, by the way, this is going into this upcoming year, so you got to look at O-line, coaching staff. Now the draft hasn't happened, but uh, we'll look at kind of the, the direction of the franchise going into this football season so number 10 let's go to Sean Watson so first of all he gets a full offseason a real legit offseason with the team he didn't get that last year um, Amari Cooper is the second year in the system he's a bona fide legit number one great route runner is going to be open more times than he's not so he's a great dependable number one uh, so Deshaun another year in the system Amari another year in the system let's not forget about the running game to take the running off game too. is really really nice and and we do like Kenny Pickett and we think he's going to be pretty decent but the defense doesn't have to be like shaking in their boots for Kenny and who knows with Lamar and as of late he's been a little injury prone so 
Who knows? Uh, the, the future of the Browns isn't super bleak for this year. Should be a lot better. Yeah. Deshaun at 10. Number nine, Russell Wilson. Uh, there's no way there's no way he could be worse than he was we hope not (laughs) there's just no way look you don't go from like 105 108 107 106 pass rating in four consecutive years yeah to going to to what 70 or 80 right there's a reason for it nathaniel hackett was not a good coach they had cluster injuries they had the running back injuries offensive line injuries wide receiver injuries Uh, so we had nothing to work with awful coaching now we get sean payton who gets a full draft um, they're, they're going to be significantly better. So Russell at nine to me, like I think he's going to take a step forward. I think he'll return closer to MVP form, yeah. pass rating mid to high 90s. He'll throw up 28 touchdowns, 10 picks, and be a lot lot better. They'll probably be a playoff team. I agree with that. And the main argument against Russ is going to be his age, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't think he's washed. I don't think, you, you, I don't think you're that productive. Have one little hand injury and jump jump off the face of the earth. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be better. Uh, and in an AFC, it is crazy. It is crazy to think that a guy with the history of Russell Wilson, with the skill and talent that we know he has, is a number nine guy in the conference. If that doesn't it say how strong the AFC is and how loaded they are with quarterbacks, yeah. I don't know what else does. I agree. Seven and eight, we're going to do together because to me, they're interchangeable. Um, but so we're gonna go two at eight, uh, Lamar at seven. So for me, they both have injury problems, which that's the main problem because when they're both healthy, they're both wildly productive. Their teams win a lot. Um, I would have Lamar slightly higher because I think he's more dynamic with his legs, which is where the game is heading. I think he's a he's not a thicker athlete, but he's a more dynamic athlete. He's a taller athlete, which I prefer in my quarterbacks. Tua is a little bit smaller, a little bit more slight. Um, so I. To me, to a and and the and the thing Lamar has had like ankles and knees, which aren't ideal. But like one more concussion, like you have to seriously consider, is Tua going to retire? It's going to be like a maybe an Andrew Luck situation, right? And so Lamar, it's like he could have another injury. Would I love it? No. Would he still come back and and for the next twelve games be a top ten quarterback? Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah. So Lamar, Lamar to me is slightly higher plus the MVP. Um, so Lamar at seven, two at eight. Again, both with injury concerns. I could hear the argument for for them to be reversed as well. Yeah. Number six here for me though is Aaron Rodgers, um, and and I'm not even a huge fan of Aaron, but let's not let's not like mince words here. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the game still, still is one of the most accurate, most clever with the football, uh, and and he's been in the league what like 18 years now, so he's mm-hmm. seen everything. He's really good at the line of scrimmage, um, and he gets hopefully takes it a full offseason with young with young receivers. If he takes it and utilizes it, that can be a dangerous football team. The schedule is a little bit. We haven't gotten the order of it yet, but it's not great. So they need to be on their game early. Yes, and I think he's going to show up for the offseason this year. I mean, when you when you get a new job and you have a bunch of new people that you have to meet and a lot of people that you have to learn how to work with, I mean, yeah. he's never played with any of these guys. No. So I think that's going to be a big thing. But he is lower because... Of the age thing. He, he is yeah. progressively taking steps down. He's still one of the best in the game, but still taking steps down. And I think the guys above him are just that much better. I just don't think he's as committed as the five above him. Five being Trevor Lawrence, the prodigy himself. We talked a little bit about him earlier. Football Jesus. Um, football Jesus. And, he, and he's going to play like that, and he's only going to continue to get better. I think another year under Doug Peterson, you could hear a serious argument for him being above number four, which is Josh Allen, who is regressing since he's lost Brian Dable. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is getting better coaching, while increasingly it seems like Josh Allen's getting worse coaching. It mm-hmm. matters. Don't kid yourself. 
Um, and Trevor Lawrence is still young, so they can still surround him with more talent outside of Diggs. I don't trust many pieces uh, in Buffalo, so it's kind of the Josh Allen show. But he is a little bit more talented. He's been in the game a little longer. He's a little bit more refined at this point. So Josh at four, Trevor at five. Again, could hear the argument for it reversed. I think the top three for me is very, very solid. Three, Herbert. Um, he gets all, I get a lot of what I get with Josh Allen, but I get less mistakes. I get more polish, more refinement. Uh, he's more accurate. I think he throws better on the run. I think he's a better leader. I think he throws better touch balls, like a deep ball with touch. I think he's a much better football to catch. Um, and I, like I said, I don't get a ton of the turnovers. And yeah, it's great that Josh Allen runs. I don't need my quarterback run 18 times a game between the tackles. I just don't. And Herbert doesn't give me that. Um, but he gives me enough outside the pocket, extending a play where I'm happy with his mobility where it's at. And I'll take the bonuses in the throwing. No, I like that too. Uh, and the, like you said, with Josh Allen, lowering your shoulder into running or into linebackers isn't—it's not the. <laughs> we don't need it. We it don't is need not it. the recipe for like a long, sustained career in the league. Yeah, I agree. Number two here, Joe Burrow. For me, I think he's the most poised, yeah. most accurate, yep. uh, best on third down, and most efficient quarterback in the game. Um, I think outside of being a little bit more dynamic off schedule, I think he would be number one. I think he does everything on schedule better than Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is still the same steady, accurate quarterback off schedule as he is on schedule, which makes him number one on this list. Uh, I think Burrow is really close, closer than a lot of people want to admit. Um, I just think he needs to break through that, you know, the Super Bowl barrier. You know, yeah. Once he gets Super Bowl, you're going to hear legitimate arguments uh, for him being number one. But I think Mahomes right now has set himself apart because of what he can do, you know, athletically and, and more dynamically outside of the pocket. And he so. really is leading the league. Like, Mahomes. Mahomes, like, yeah. He's the face. And, and oh, oh, he's easily the face. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But like you said, I mean, I haven't seen anybody play with the swagger that, that Joe Burrow plays with, though. No, Joe Burrow is very confident, very very calm, cool, collected. He's, he's the three C's. You could add four. Confident, calm, cool, collected. Yeah. The he's four really C's, Joe Burrow. The four C's of Joe Burrow. I like that. That's good. Yep. That is good. So there's our top ten. Deshaun, Russell, Tua, Lamar, Aaron, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes at one for the AFC. Again, where would you slot in Jalen Hurts? I'd probably throw him at six. Move everybody down a slot. Um, I could hear an argument for like a Kirk Cousins or if Stafford's healthy, them sliding in at the bottom. But I think about at least seven AFC quarterbacks are on this list for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's you rarely ever see it, especially in a league like the NFL. You don't really get it too slanted towards one side. Yeah, you don't usually. Um, but I mean, the AFC is is incredible. So you have to have a great quarterback to win there. You're not going to skate by with anybody anybody less. Yeah, couldn't agree more, guys. Let's get into some sports news here. All right, story number one here. We don't talk a ton of NBA, but uh, Trey Young hit the game winner in Game Five to remain alive in the uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs first round. They were in Boston in the Garden, the TD Garden. Uh, Boston's a significantly better team. Trey Young and uh, the Hawks are, are definitely outmatched. But, hey, they're giving them a fight. They're down 3-2 going into, uh, I want to say the game is tonight in Atlanta. Um, game 6, they win that. You never know what can happen in the Game 7. Game 7s get dicey. I will say for all Trey Young's flaws, he always shows up in the playoffs, so good for them. Uh, pretty sweet game winner. A little, little, little cross-tween, hezzy pull-up. I don't even know if all those words made sense. So I'm trying <laughs> to think. So this is right. Tween pull up, so it was just a tween pull up. Okay, no hezzy, no hezzy. Okay, no no hezzy, just a, just a little tweener. Uh, pull up, 
Definitely like at least four or five feet behind three point line. It was kind of sweet. Okay, I was gonna say I'm not a big like basketball guy, but any any playoff, especially when it's, it's been a, a seven game playoffs. when it's a seven game set. Yeah, kind of love to see it. it it's it's been it. a really entertaining playoffs, and like you, like I, you said, I don't watch a ton of basketball either. But around playoff time, I will sit down and I'll watch an NBA game because here's the thing I love about the NBA or basketball in general is like that last five minutes, right? That feeling of oh oh we got to go like now. The urgency. The entire game is like that for the NBA. So I can actually watch an NBA playoff game and be happy with the product. On a Tuesday night with Sacramento and Portland, I just don't care. Like no. There's just no no care. You know, it just doesn't matter. So It's it's a lot like the uh, MLB in that sense, especially yeah. in the regular season. It just gets drawn out. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think you could even – you could argue me into like 70 games for the NBA as opposed to 82. Yeah. It um, would help. It would – just like the like, just like baseball, there are what 162 games. 162. If they put it at 100, we don't need the extra 62. It's stupid. It's yeah. dumb. Story number two here: the Colorado Buffalo football team has had 18 transfers and two major decommitments since their Sunday spring game. Not this past Sunday, the Sunday before. Um, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I feel 18 transfers in a week. It's got to be something with Dion, right? But he's what he's done for that program already is is monumental. Sure, and, and I've seen the transition from last year's spring game to this year's spring game, and that thing that stadium was and packed. the talent that he's brought in. Yeah, he's brought in a lot of talent. But is it possible that this is just more so like the Dion effect? You see it; it's it's really popular, especially around social media. All the big young stars want to go there, and then they get there and they're like, okay, it's it's still still Colorado, still Colorado, like, right? It, it's nothing crazy. Yeah, Dion's the coach, and he's going to give you some sweet uniforms. But at the end of the day, it's another coach. Are you going to tell me he's better than Saban? You're going to look at me and tell me he's better than Saban? No. No, No, I would argue he's probably not even better than Kirby. No, no, probably not. So I mean, like, Ryan Day probably not. Dabo probably not. I feel like it was Jim so, Kelly probably I feel not. like it was so overhyped. Or Brian Kelly, sorry. And then you actually yeah. get there and you actually play the spring game and you're like, okay. Like, uh, yeah, and I, I I will say out of the transfers, the 18, I think there's like four or five starters. I think the the rest of them are guys that are like thought they had a chance to get to the spring game. They're like, ooh, probably not going to start. I'm out. Either yeah. way, it's interesting though because uh, yeah, you, it's interesting. You hear the hype something build, to it's keep building, your eye building, on. and then yeah. it just drops off a cliff. Yeah, something to keep your eye on for sure. Uh, story number three: Max Scherzer. I don't know if you saw. Came off the mound, got checked for the sticky stuff. Right? Did mm-hmm. the you know the the whole. The whole thing that they do, right? Checking the glove, the belt, the hat, right? Well, they found something they weren't a huge fan of. They said it was too sticky. Got ejected and suspended 10 games. He is claiming it was sweat and rosin. Here's here's where it gets interesting. They encourage the players to use, like, rubbing alcohol to take off any, like, residue that they might have um, to, like, clear any stick that they might have, right? If you saw David Cohn or David Coney, I don't know. He was on um, Sunday Night Baseball. He did a little experiment, right? Took some rosin. You know, he was like, my hands are like mildly sweaty, right? He's like, take a little rosin. Got a decent amount of tack. I can grip the ball pretty well. He's like, now let me. So like, he's like, yeah, a little bit of tack. Cleans his hand with an alcohol pad or whatever. Like maybe a little, 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 little bit of rubbing alcohol. Cleans his hand. Dries it off. Goes back to the rosin almost immediately after like, kind of like shaking his hand off goes back to the rosin immediately picks up baseball just and holds there it's like the alcohol cleans off the initial sticky if you go right back to the rosin though after the alcohol it is so sticky 
like crazy sticky. Yeah. Like like pine tar level stick, which would make sense why the umpires thought it was a pine tar level like sticky substance. It's interesting. It's interesting, but like my thing is like, why does Scherzer's always trying to find a way to like manipulate? Oh, it's the total game. Scherzer. It's total Scherzer. Hey. But I mean, like to be like to be further encouraging the use of the alcohol, and you're allowed to use rosin. Yeah, you're allowed to use sweat. Those are all legal substances. Now, are we a hundred percent sure that's all that it was? That's what he claims. But then, why are you suspended for ten games? Because anything, anything that gets you ejected, sticky wise, gets you suspended automatically comes with ten games suspension if you're thrown out. So is he like calling for some he's, sort I mean, of investigation? He's, well, no, he's, he's appealing it for sure. He's appealing it, okay. and he can play while it's getting appealed. But it's just like it's it's a little crazy. I mean, yeah. It's gone too far. <laughs> this it's a little, di- it's a little dilemma, I would say. It is because it's like if if he was using what you guys deem legal, and you see the experiment that the guy did on Sunday Night Baseball, it's like, well, if that's legal, then what do you do? Because then it's like, well, well, then if we see that on the hand, well, then we'll let it slide. But if it feels just like pine tar, how are the umpires going to decipher in yeah. the moment if that's pine tar? If they're doing the check, if that's pine tar and that's not, I guess color. You go for the color at that point. Yeah, but there is a little bit of discoloration with the uh, with the rosin. And I'd assume that you have just dirt on your hands. Dirt, sweat. Yeah, right. Make it appear that way. Hundred percent. Another baseball thing too. What was it? Castellanos with the bat. Did you see that? What Castellanos do? Uh, it was like he had he played. He hadn't a bat. Oh, with the chipped with thing. The chipped oh, that bat. was like from two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It just came yeah, that was up. a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to. So there's like a there's like a rule that deems how much the bat can be chipped. Evidently, they found that his wasn't chipped enough to re, to overturn the call. Yeah. But they just didn't let him use it. I, I knew it was from a while ago, but it just I saw it like I think yesterday, yeah. and I was. It's odd. It's interesting. There's a lot of stuff like that within baseball that can like go either way. A lot, it, a lot of gray area. A lot of. Um, discretion call it tightened down the rules a little bit over there yeah either way um guys don't go anywhere we're gonna do a little little aaron Rodgers to the jets discussion talking about maybe who won the trade what it kind of looks like for both sides the packers and the jets even aaron uh as an individual so we'll uh we'll get into that in the third segment don't go anywhere let's go third segment on thursday april 27th uh, we got Aaron Rodgers to discuss a uh, big trade. He goes to New York, going to the Jets. So we're going to talk about that in this segment. But if you haven't checked it out yet, go to theissuesports.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's right there on the homepage. All you got to do is put your email in, click sign up, and then go ahead to your inbox and accept your registration for the newsletter and you will receive the newsletter every Wednesday. Um, fantastic. Our mock draft came out in there. Uh, and a lot of other good stories, uh, what to expect on the show a day before the show actually comes out. Uh, so make sure you go do that. And then while you're there, check out some of the merchandise in the shop. Uh, we are going to be rolling out our new summer line coming up here within a week or two. So keep your eyes out for that. And there should be, you know, some, some email marketing to go along with that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, this segment will be good. Uh, lots happened in the NFL. Let's start. Because, like, it's, it's a lot to keep track of what they gave up, what they got for both sides. Yes. Let's start. Let's just hash it all out, right? Okay. Right Packers. Down. we got to make a, a T-chart here, all right? Packers on one side. Okay. Jets on the other, right? So the Jets had the 13th pick. Packers had the 15th. They're going to swap. So the Jets get the 15th this year. Mm-hmm. Packers get the 13th this year. Yep. Obviously, the Jets get Aaron. 
The Packers are also going to get the 42nd overall pick. It's a second rounder this year. So 42 overall. Okay. Good? Good. The Packers are also going to get a conditional second next year. That could become a first. If. No, no, no. If Aaron plays 60. Yes, yes. Could become a first if Aaron plays 65%. Yes. You're right. Second. So second round pick for sure. If Aaron plays 65% or more, then it's a first. Okay. 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 There's more. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's a lot to hash out. The Packers are also going to get a sixth round pick this year. That's 207 overall. Okay. The Jets are going to get a fifth round pick. That's going to be 170th overall. There's a lot of picks being exchanged here. A lot of them. Okay, I think we got it all covered. Okay, let's recap. (laughs) The teams are going to switch first-round picks this year, so the Jets will get 15, the Packers will move up to 13. The Packers will also get the 42nd overall, the Jets' second-round pick this year. They will get the 207th overall this year, and next year they will at least get a second if Aaron plays 65% or more of the snaps. The Packers will get a first. That's pretty big. That's a big That's a big thing. The Jets will get, like I said, the 15th. They'll get Aaron, and then they'll get the 170th overall. So what? They got two firsts. Well, they didn't even really, they didn't get, really a get a first. They didn't really get a first. They swapped. Right. So they and got then the... they, they, they probably get a first. I see Aaron playing more than... Yeah. That's basically half. He's going to play more than half the damn games. Yeah, unless there's some kind of freak injury. But so So basically, they just moved up. They got a first, and then they got a, a fifth. And a second this this year. And a second. The second's pretty bad. 42 overall. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a very high second-round pick. That's so a good pick. So is Aaron worth that to you, in your eyes? Like you said, did Green Bay get enough? Yeah. Or did the Jets give up too much? No, I don't think the Jets give up too much. I don't think the Packers got hosed either, though. I so, don't. I don't know. I, I... Look, here's the thing. The Packers have their guy that they are ready to move on to. At this point in their in their Better program, they're not it's just not worth it for them to put up with all the bullshit to be honest with you. It's annoying. Like Aaron is his own entity. It's his he's on his own drama. It's every single day, every single person that steps up to that podium has to answer a question about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron would turn around and say, Well, I'm not the one asking the damn question. Well, you're the one creating the damn story. All right? Like I know that the rep- that, that the reporter's the one asking the question, and you don't force them to ask any question. But he knows damn well that he's the one that decided to go take ayahuasca in the dark. And that's why the question's getting asked in the first place, right? So it's like, not coming in the offseason, right? So it's just not worth it for the Packers. But on the flip side, fresh start with the Jets. I think we talked about this earlier, right? You get a new job, you're going to show up a little more often. You're going to be a little more engaged, right? Aaron, with a fresh start, I see as a very productive, very, very productive quarterback for New York. I'm talking 27, 28 touchdowns, 7, 8 picks, pass rating in the high 90s, low 100s, like a top 5 season this year. I think so too. I think he's got a fire under his ass. I think so too. But now here's what you have to look at. Even if he does have the fire under his ass, even if he does show up for the offseason, even if he does put every single ounce of energy that he could possibly put into learning the new schemes and uh, connecting with the new receivers and just the team in general, 
Dude, you're in the AFC now. You couldn't win playoff games in the NFC. You are now surrounded by so much more talent. And I'm not 100% sure. What do we have them at? Six? Okay. What do we have them at? Six in the AFC? This is actually crazy. So I'm clicked on. uh, Yeah, we have them at six in the AFC, by the way. I clicked on an Aaron Rodgers story here. Little graphic pops up here. Since 2008, I think that's when Aaron took over. Yeah, it'll be about that. Since 2008, touchdown interception ratio, he's first. Jets quarterbacks are last. Pass rating, he's second. The Jets quarterbacks are last. Passing touchdowns, he's first. Jets quarterbacks are 31st. Since 08. Okay. So I mean, like, it. Two things can be true. Is he gonna? Is it gonna be? the most wild success of all time. They go win 14 games and they end up in the uh, AFC championship game, lose a tough one in overtime to Mahomes, and you could see them building. They might be a handful next year. Yeah, I guess that, that, that could happen, you know. But realistically, the flip side can also be true. Loaded AFC, bunch of young pieces. He does not like young receivers. Defensive head coach on the hot seat. But it is an upgrade. It is an upgrade. It's an upgrade for sure. But, dude, just to win your division, that's Josh Allen and the Bills. Tua, who went healthy, is very productive. That's Tua and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, are are, they're nobody to take lightly. No, no, that's a very productive football team. team. We just don't like Tua all that much. Yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still productive, and he wins when he's healthy. Yeah, so there's two teams there in your own division. And let's not act like going through Bill Belichick twice a year is a cakewalk. No, it isn't. Because they do have a pretty good defensive roster and Bill Belichick. They do. And then you have to look at, what did you just leave? Well, you left the NFC North, and you've been in a fist fight with the freaking uh, Minnesota Vikings. And here's what's crazy. The Vikings, they almost 100% take a step back. They're not going to go 11-0 in one-score games again. Like, they're just not. They're not winning 13 games again. They'll take a step back. The Bears are going to be just about as bad. The Lions might be slightly better. Okay, so who wins the trade? Who won the trade? Are we talking short term or long term? Let's like, go this season. Who let's go this season trade? because because we don't know if Aaron's going to play long. We don't we, know. We, he, he probably won't. So you have Jordan Love in the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers in the Jets. I think the Jets do win the trade. I think the Jets do win the trade. Yeah. I mean, they have the young pieces. They have they have a lot of young talent. And I, think the, I think they do win the trade. And here's the thing. If you are even going to have a chance in the AFC, you do need to make a swing like this and go get a big name, a big star like Aaron. Um, and he might be on the backside of his prime, but he's still a really talented player, really good upstairs. Um, do I want to see some more from the in the offseason, right? Yeah. Do I want to see him connect with young receivers more? Absolutely. So, But I would say it's still a – like, how did they win seven games last year? How? I don't know. Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. How do they win seven games? Defense. That's yeah, now add defense. Aaron. Add Aaron. They got a negative. Their quarterbacks negatively contributed to winning last year as a whole, and they won seven games. Yeah. Add Aaron, who is going to positively contribute to winning. So now who do you hope wins the trade, though? Because I'm all, I'm almost rooting ideally, for Green Bay. Ideally Green Bay, because I think they're very similar to Pittsburgh in, like, hometown feel build up from the ground up. So, like, you move off an arrogant, un- relatively annoying star. And, and I don't mind Aaron, but he is, let's be real, he is that. I mean, we got annoyed covering him every single yeah, week. Yeah, he is that. I mean, and uh, you're going to, like, a 
very humble, quiet kid from the seams, you know, from what it seems like. And, uh, and you kind of hope that works out for them. I mean, I hope it does. I hope they get him with that spite pick. I hope they pick a, a receiver or a tight end. Hopefully. Just to kind of throw it in Aaron's face. Just like, Hopefully. look, we're going to build around this guy, but, you know. Yeah. Because he's not loud and, you know, going on darkness retreats and drinking herbal teas. It'll it's an interesting idea. get you all screwed up. <laughs> I guess we'll find out, huh? Yeah. Uh, but, guys, that's all we have for today. Uh, make sure you're going to the website. Go to the Instagram, the TikTok. All those links can be found in the description of the episode uh, wherever you are watching or listening. So make sure you're going, checking all that out. We have a lot of good merch dropping soon, a lot of good stuff coming up, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So make sure you're subscribed everywhere as well. But, uh, guys, thanks so much for stopping by, and that was The Issue.